Welcome to the Sailing Doodles Podcast. This is the Ask Me Anything episode when I answer all of my patrons' questions. Welcome to the Sailing Doodles Podcast, where we talk to all sorts of people in the sailing and boating community. It's available wherever you get your audio podcasts and on YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash sailingdoodles. Okay, and uh, so the way I record these generally is I just try to do it all in one take. I don't edit. Uh, I haven't even read through these questions, so basically I just put a post on my Patreon for Sailing Doodles. It's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Sailing Doodles, and there's about 1,300 patrons on there, and they can ask all sorts of questions, whatever they want. Uh, literally, I just printed off the questions. I said, ask me anything. Here's the next episode, and I think there's about 39 questions, so I will start doing that, and I record this live um, um, on my little switching stuff here, you can kind of see it. I have a little control pad down here, and then I can see all the levels and everything on my, my on my computer. So if you see me looking at all that, I'm just checking levels and making sure everything's right, and I'm talking to the right camera and stuff like that. So let's get started here. Uh, the first question is, oh, actually, hang on one second. We got to go. Cheers to you guys. Thank you uh, for being patrons. Thank you guys for watching, and I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Hopefully, you're uh, learning something from it like I am. I mean, I'm still learning as we go. Um, it's uh, if you're not learning something new when you're sailing, you're not trying. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so the qu- first question is from CJ. Have you had any challenges moving around uh, during the COVID lockdowns? We've seen uh, the closures in places you visited, but have you had any problems actually visiting? Um, yes and no. Uh, yes, in the fact that there's a lot of places we can't go. Uh, no, in the fact that. I know what those places are and we're just not going to them, you know, um, like I'd love to go to the BBI right now. I mean, it's five miles away. I mean, I can see it. I could walk off the boat right now and I can see the BBI, but we can't go. Uh, they're still locked down. Um, so there is a lot of limitations now. Like, uh, I'm planning to go to St. Martin, uh, in a couple weeks. Um, they are, the Dutch side is open, but the French side is closed. So we're going to the Dutch side. But then we can go to the French side after we go to the Dutch side. You can't sail over there, but we could walk across, I mean, or get in a cab and go to the French side because there's no border control. It's whatever it is. Um, so, uh, you know, there are all kinds of lim- limitations. And maybe half the islands here are open down in the Caribbean, and most of those have some kind of restrictions going in, uh, like getting a test beforehand and stuff like that. Uh, and then so CJ also asks, uh, which is kind of a good follow-up to that, do you intend to get the vaccine? How is that done for the nomadic liveaboard types? Will you require anyone uh, who wishes to crew or join also have been vaccinated? Um, okay, I have actually, I maybe 10 days ago, I got the first uh, dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, so down here in the Virgin Islands, I guess they've got a... Um, they got more than they need, you know, um, they, and so there, anybody over the age of 16, um, is, can just get the vaccine. So, uh, I signed up for it. Sydney and I both got the first dose. I've got my next dose scheduled for, you know, 10, t- two weeks from now. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to get the vaccine. I don't really physically think I need it. I mean, you know, like I'm not scared about getting COVID because I already had COVID. So I don't think it's going to help me in any way not get COVID. Uh, but, um, uh, it's just for travel. I mean, a lot of, I've seen a lot of countries, they're not doing it yet, but preliminarily they're saying, okay, if you have the vaccine and you're fully vaccinated, it means it's been more than two weeks since the vaccine, then you can come in and you just need a negative test. Right. Um, so, uh, and that's starting to happen. So I, I can foresee that happening very soon when, 
know, in the next two or three months, countries are going to start letting you in, but they're going to require a vaccine. Uh, last stat I saw somewhere that like 25% of Americans have at least the first uh, shot or something like that. Um, so, and a lot of people ask, you know, like, okay, well, uh, don't do you feel like you're taking somebody else's shot that would be normally getting it? Not really, no, because they have more than they need down here. Um, they have, and so they're they're promoting it all the time. Like, come get shot, come get shot. It was like walk up. Like Sydney, Sydney. Um, I had an appointment to get it, and then Sydney just went with me, and they asked, "Would would you like to get it?" She's like, "Well, I don't have an appointment." Like, I don't care. Just come on in. They they have more than they need. Um, so um, you know, uh, that you know, otherwise they'll go to waste. So um. All right, CJ again. Uh, after um, comments uh, you made in a recent video, I was wondering just how close your relationship with certain crew are. Uh, I can respect personal space, but inquiring minds want to know. Uh, uh, we're very close. I mean, we'll always be connected in some way. So she, Taylor is off on uh, with Delos right now. I'm very happy for her. So, um, you know, uh, I wish her the best, and we'll always be very close. Uh, so she's a very special person in my life. Um, so how's the CJ also asks, how's the solar project going on the dark side? Has the dark side seen the light yet? Um, no, I have not gotten it. Um, the guy I was talking to in Puerto Rico just can't get it, couldn't get it done in time. And I didn't want to wait around in Puerto Rico another month. So I just said, okay, screw it. Going to go have to run generator all the time. Um, what kind of, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's more questions talking about generator. I kind of, I kind of browse through some of them, um, but I haven't, I haven't read the whole list yet, but I know one of them, uh, we'll get to that. Um, but no, um, so when I put it on the hard for hurricane season, which will be sometime in July, um, I'll have the solar done then. And I'll add about 2000 watts solar. I need an inverter charger and we're going to have to do a lot of work, like splitting up the buses, right? Cause all the AC. So the way this boat works is every AC, there is no inverter on this boat. So the way it powers all the AC is either through the generator or through um, shore power. And so there's certain things that I'm not going to want to power with the solar panels and the inverter, like the air conditioners and stuff like that. So I'm going to have to split those off on a separate bus. It's going to be complicated. Um, so I'll get to that at some point. Um, you know, because the way they made this boat back in the day, let's see, make sure, yeah, okay, this one. Um, the way they made this boat back in the day, uh, this boat, I mean, it, back in 97 when this was built, this was probably a very expensive boat. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, only really rich, rich people would buy it. And so, like, it was, you know, they were always, you know, going to rerun in a generator or uh, shore power. And, you know, I'm trying to make this more of a standalone, you know, um, you know, uh, off the grid type, type boat. But we'll get to it eventually. All right, Wayne. Uh, the gar the uh, tracker shows you still in Moorhead City as it's been updated. Uh, oops, sorry, I did that. Um, no, I'll, I'll do that after the podcast. I keep forgetting to do it. My subscription, like I had to get a new credit card the other day because of fraud attempts. Um, so I just haven't changed it over. And so it, it stopped updating because I just need to do that. I need to update my credit card with Garmin so that I can... It'll do it, but I'll work on that this afternoon. Sorry about that, Wayne. And because so that's a perk that all the... Tra uh, the, um, the um, Patrons get is being able to track the boat where we go. So I'll get on that this afternoon. Uh, so Mike P. asked how uh, – hang on one second. My mouth's getting dry here. I need some beer. All right, Mike P. Mikey P. asked, um, how is the fuel – how is the generator fuel issue? Uh, do you and the dark side intend to, stay, intend to stay in the Caribbean or venture out? I know COVID is a factor, but any plans, desires, could you do the med? Um, so the fuel issue, yeah, I finally, um, got the, f I, I, uh, had the fuel tank polished. Uh, the fuel was really nasty in there. So I ended up, they pumped out, it was about 200 gallons, 200 gallons of fuel. So there's, they don't have proper 
fuel polishing equipment here. They don't have the proper setup. Basically, they just get a board with little pumps and they put it on there. The real fuel polishing, the really heavy-duty ones can pump through a lot of fuel. It would just take forever to do that. So I, I ended up doing, they pumped all the fuel out into the 55-gallon um, drums and basically sent that fuel off. Basically, I kind of gave it away to a guy that would... I don't know, clean it up and then he'll reuse it for something. But at least I'd not have to pay a disposal fee because he picked it up. I know it's expensive, but it's going to be the easier thing to do. Um, so then all the fuel out, then they pressure wash the inside of the, uh, of the, uh, tank, uh, and then drained all that out and cleaned it up, dried it up. And so now I put, um, biocide and whatever, all that stuff in there and more fuel. And I haven't started running that generator yet. I'll be working on that tomorrow. So basically for the first little bit i'm going to be watching that raycor raycors are the fuel and water and the fuel water separators and also um the uh filters so water and contaminants are heavier generally speaking than diesel and so it puts water into this little it's almost like a centrifuge type thing it's not really but it is sort of and so like all the heavier stuff sinks to the bottom so that'd be the water and the crap and then it takes the fuel from the top goes through the filter and then actually goes through a secondary filter and then into the generator and that's the way all these diesel systems work i'm sure it's the same on vehicles too um but anyway so i'm hoping that's solved now we'll see um i don't know and by the way guys the power's gone out like twice here today and so I don't know. If all of a sudden I go black, I'll be back in a second, but I'll have to start over. Then I actually have to edit the video. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay. And he also asked, do you tend to stay in the Caribbean or will you venture out? For this season of staying in the Caribbean, um, I'd love to do the, the, the um, Mediterranean, but uh, I mean, it's closed right now, really. And even if I did, this boat just doesn't have the legs um, to go across the Atlantic. I'd have to have it shipped, which I don't think I'm willing to do for this boat. Um, so, uh, the med for this season or the Caribbean for this season and next season. And then I've, I've kind of been getting the itch to go across the Pacific again, um, which would require a different boat, but that'd be over a year from now. So well, kind of, I think there's a question about that later. I think we'll talk about it later, but so, um, there we go. Um, uh, hurricane season, uh, is coming. What are our, what are the plans? Uh, that's from Clay. Uh, so back to Puerto Rico sometime in July. I mean, I know that's technically already in hurricane season, but if a hurricane comes, I can run from it and get out of the way. So back to Puerto Rico in mid-July, haul out, and then at Puerto de Rey, which is um, approved by my insurance company, and uh, put they have these hurricane tie-downs, which are like they have these three-foot deep like concrete you know, structures, uh, and then ties coming out of there and they use hurricane straps hurricane tie downs so your boat's not moving um so they, they they've never had any any losses or, or major damage from in their hurricane tie down so i'll be doing that um and then who knows during the season i'm not sure uh how about a bit uh on safety at port and sea not from mother nature but from the two-legged dangers yeah um you know uh lock up your dinghy i mean if you got an old crappy dinghy whatever or i've seen a lot of people i mean people aren't gonna mess with it but i've seen people like that have like a new motor that will paint it like to look nasty you know what i mean like just get some flat paint and make it look scuffed up or whatever they'll have like a brand new 20 horsepower but if you're from a casual observer it looks like it's 15 years old you know um so with this boat what i'm doing right now um uh, down here it's pretty safe i mean really i mean just it depends on where you are i mean in a marina they all generally have security 
I mean, you're pretty safe. I'll still lock up the dinghy um, at night. So I just got, and it's not foolproof. If somebody really determined to steal a dinghy, they can do it. Um, but uh, uh, so I got one of those um, three eighths inch uh, cables, like 15 foot cable and a lock. And then, so I just padlock the uh, dinghy to the boat. And I know they can cut that if they really wanted to, but at least it's an extra step of complication for them to do it. So, um, and as far as like, uh, people coming on here, I, I haven't heard of too much of that. I mean, I have heard about it in the Dominican Republic. I know people that have been robbed down there, like they leave the boat and they come back and their boat's been ransacked. I mean, it really depends on where you are. Um, it's pretty safe down here. I try to avoid the places that are totally unsafe, but you know, all right, Alex. Oh, that's sorry. That was Alex's question. All right. Randy, uh, snowman, snowman, uh, asked, um, how do you handle insurance during hurricane season? Um, do you have the boat on the hard? Yeah, well, I kind of touched on that a minute ago. Um, it really depends on your insurance company. Actually, my insurance company, this one I have right here, does not require me to be on the hard. It just has to be like in a marina in um, Puerto Rico. Um, but I'm going to put it on the hard. I think it's safer to do. I mean, because most of the marina, I mean, there was, you know, the marinas, they had some damages from boats that were in the water, but not many. You know what I mean? They only, I think Puerto de Rey only had like six or seven boats um, out of, you know, 900 sink. Um, I mean, there was some minor damages and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm going to put it out on the hard. Um, it's just peace of mind. And if something comes other than that, I'll just run from it. And that's a good thing about this boat is that I can run away from stuff. Um, all right, Harrison, what are your thoughts on electric hybrid boats such as Green Line yachts? Uh, would you ever think of getting one in the future? I am not familiar with uh, Green Line. Uh, but I do think it is the future. I do think hybrid boats where you've got a generator powering uh, powering your electric motors, I think that is the future. I think it's going to be more fuel efficient, um, easier to do. I mean, it's just less moving parts. Um, you know, people do electric boats. I mean, I know Uma's got their electric boat. But, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't caught up with them in a long time but I, I think they're pretty limited on how far they can go i mean like just a mile or two on their electric system right and then they or, or they have to have run a generator or something i'm not sure but um i think it is the way of the future i don't i i would have to look into green line boats i don't know anything about them i haven't seen a boat yet that uh, i mean i i'm just not familiar maybe it's out there i don't know but i haven't seen a boat yet that can do it um but I know it, it is the future. I think it will happen pretty soon. And I think it'll be – I mean, you know, if you get a 20-kilowatt 20, generator that's burning two gallons an hour, two and a half gallons an hour of fuel, but that 20 kilowatts can power two electric motors that can propel you, that's going to be less fuel than running two 150-horsepower motors or whatever you got. You know what I mean? Um, so I think and – and then you've got electricity it's generating and all that. I mean, I think it's just the way of the future. I think that will happen. So – uh, let's see here. Al Alain, Alain or Alan asks, uh, what is the range of the boat with the tanks full? It's obviously much faster than a sailboat, but also seems like it'd be more, more limited in range. It also seems the cost of fuel would make a long passage is very expensive. Yes. Um, so I've kind of just back of the napkin type stuff. Uh, you know, I haven't actually sat down and calculated it, but, um, really, so I've got almost 1300 gallons of fuel on here, but I'm only going to use a thousand of that for uh, like propulsion um, because I got to run a generator too right now. Um, and it is kind of hard to get that aft fuel and that aft tank um, forward. So um, 
yeah, I also consider I have a thousand gallons of usable fuel to get anywhere I need to go. Plus, then I have twelve, you know, two hundred and fifty kind of as backup, but it also runs my generators. Uh, so, with that being said, I mean, I think it's. Uh, let me pull out my calculator real quick here. Um, it. Uh, oh, come on. Calculator. So a thousand, you know, divided by uh, fifteen gallons an hour. Um, it's six. So I can go about six hundred and sixty miles. Um, so call it six hundred miles. Um, and then it would take, uh, you know, 10 knots we're doing, that would take a little over two days, you know, 50 something hours. Um, now then, uh, you know, that, um, that'll get you anywhere in the Caribbean you want to go. Um, but again, that, that will be expensive. You know, I mean, you're looking at, say you did that 600 miles, that's going to be a thousand bucks in fuel, you know, or more, um, or no, no, 3000, sorry, 3000 to $4,000 in fuel. Um, so yeah, that is pretty pricey. Um, so that is the thing on this boat that, okay, when you buy a boat, like my first sailboat, I bought it. I thought it was great, man. I was like, man, this thing's going to be awesome to go sailing on. Uh, it's going to be perfect for cruising. And then you get out there and you're like, okay, it doesn't hold enough water. It doesn't hold enough fuel. The engine's too small. You know, it, it's cramped. It doesn't, you know, this, whatever. So you get, then you move up to a bigger sailboat and I went to the Beneteau 50, you know, and then I was like, oh man, it's so much better, but it's still, you know, okay, now it's got too many cabins. It's, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't have a water maker. It doesn't have a bow thruster with a 50 foot boat. You know what I mean? Um, so then. And then I went to Naughty Dogs, which is really great boat. I really love that boat. I think the downside of that one, what was the downside of that one? I mean, it kind of, eh, I like that boat. It was pretty nice. I mean, there's a few small things. It was pretty good but or that I, I would change. But, you know, it takes you a while to really figure out what you want in a boat. And so the same way with trawlers. So I bought this boat. I was like, man, this is going to be perfect. I can sail around the, this thing everywhere. And then you actually get on it, and then you're like, Okay, this is great living space. I love living. It's super comfortable, but it is limiting. I can only go 600 miles, and it's going to cost a fortune to do that. Um, so I can't cross the Pacific. I mean, I've been really getting the itch to cross the Pacific, and this boat won't do it. Whereas if you get a proper trailer, a trawler, you know, like a Nordhaven or a Katie Krogan or a, you know Fleming or something like that. I think Flemings are a little bit limited on range, but something that'll go a couple thousand miles. You know what I mean? Then you can, but and it's also doing it at two or three gallons an hour right? Instead of 15 and it's doing eight or nine knots. Um, so you just, you know, I would love to do, um, this boat. It's a good boat for now. I'll have it for another year. Um, and then I think what my plan would be to go back to Florida with it because uh, this boat's worth a lot more in Florida than it is here. And I think I could get a lot more money than I paid for it. Plus I'll buy all the time I've done the upgrades. I think it'll be worth a lot of money. And then that would be maybe what I can do to buy uh, I don't know. I mean, um, the problem is, is like with the trawler stuff, a ocean crossing trawler is a little bit probably out of my, or a lot a bit out of my price range. I mean, a Nordhaven is a million bucks, right? For one that'll go across an ocean. I mean, I can't afford that. Maybe made a deal like a Levagabond type deal with them. That'd be great. But, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's up for a used Nordhaven, you know, like a 45, 50 foot Nordhaven is, I believe close to a million bucks for like a 15, 10 year old one. So I mean, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I go, go look it up on yacht world and leave me a comment. Tell me I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, uh, I, so I'm kind of leaning more towards sailing cat, but a big one. Um, uh, you know, maybe like a, I mean, if I'm going to cross the Pacific again, cause you're, that's one thing to consider is if I cross the Pacific again, I'm not gonna be spending much time in a, in a marina at all because there aren't any marinas. So I can get a big cat, like a, like a 2005 privilege 615, right? I think they changed about that year. So the newer, the newer versions are 
a little more expensive. The older ones, I think they still have the dagger board, so they're a little faster. Um, maybe not quite as much interior space, but um, I, what I really want is just I want a nice, uh, you know, like the reason I like this boat is that it doesn't feel like a boat. You know what I mean? Like when I'm up there in the aft cockpit or in the salon upstairs. I feel like I'm on a boat, you know, and I enjoy it. I got the windows open. We're sitting there watching the breeze. But if I want to come down here in the main area, I feel like I'm in an apartment. And it is kind of nice being able to separate the two, um, you know, uh, because if you feel like a boat all on, on a boat all the time, it gets a little tiring. So I don't know. There's a lot. I went in a lot of stuff to answer your question there. But, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes in the future. Um, all right, Jim Conrad. Be sailing again, or is your present mode of transportation the new norm? Well, I think I just talked about that a little bit. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think talk to me in a year. I think for the next year, I'll be on this boat, um, year and a half maybe until the end, until next hurricane season 2022. And at that point, I'll be making a decision what I'm going to do. Um, if I can figure out a trawler that'll cross the Pacific, great. If not, I'll go to a catamaran, um, and we'll see. I got to figure out that stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Um, they both have ups and downs. Um, let's see here. FYI, I need to get the fuel cap. You need to get the fuel cap open, even if you have to drill it out. How do you like motoring versus sailing pluses and minuses? Um, yeah, so the fuel cap uh, on the one of my tanks won't open. I can transfer fuel in there. Yeah, I think that's going to be a... a um, a off season fix. Um, I can just replace that cap, but then I got, I just want to do, I mean, we'll do it when it's on the hard, easier to do for now. I can transfer fuel into that tank. So it's not that big a deal. Um, uh, how do I like motoring versus sailing pluses and minuses? I mean, that's a whole another, um, podcast, which I'm actually planning to do is a sailing versus trawler. Um, episode so i'll just talk about it briefly it, it's more comfortable motor motoring um it's faster um i think you 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 don't like especially with the stabilizers on this boat i mean there's no rolling even in very i mean there's a little bit but it's not like a sailboat where you're just like Ooh. i mean it's just because this powers right through the waves um so i like it um you know it uh, it has pluses and minuses to z once I'll, I'll do a whole episode on that though um, Mark Bernier, he's been a long-time patron. All things considered, uh, suspected re- is suspect replacement is in order. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was referring to, but okay. Um, will you ever scuba dive again soon? It's been a while. Your wetsuit must be a dry suit by now. Actually, we've done a couple dives lately. Uh, we dove off the boat a couple days ago. Um, we got a mooring over at Buck Island, just off of St. Thomas. I know there's a Buck Island, St. Croix, but this is Buck Island, St. Thomas. And, um, uh, we, uh, uh, it was great. We just dove right off the boat. There was a wreck. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then we dove with a dive company. Our, we, did, we did our first dive with a dive company just cause it had been so long since any of us had, had dove, um, and, or dived dove. I know it's like irregular verb. Is it changed up? What's the official thing? Is it dived? I think they're replacing all the irregular verbs, like eventually. Like dove is the irregular, dived is now. I don't know, whatever. I think it's, I think dived is the proper term now. I don't know. They did. A, there's a whole YouTube video on that. It's like how to use those verbs. Like if a if a um, if a verb has very rarely been used, like it like dived is not dove is not used very often so like the ones that aren't used very often get replaced to dived instead of dove and then like stuff like ran and run so we use run all the time so we say ran instead of runned you know i don't know anyway i don't like 
it's sorry i got off track um but yeah um you'll see scuba diving soon so um it was really fun would uh love to know your future okay uh, uh that was uh sorry that was maxime uh prolix I don't know how to say that, but if I mess it up, I'm sorry. And we got Mart uh, Kuskula. Uh, do we know your future plans for hurricane season? Yeah, we can touch that on a minute ago. I'm going to go haul out. Um, and then as far as what I'm going to do, I don't know. Um, I'd like, I'm still trying to find a deal with a charter company. I mean, I'd love to go you know, over to the med, you know, and do some sailing over there. Um, I just got to find a partner over there because, I mean, it's kind of expensive and hard to do. And then who knows with COVID. Um, so, you know, I'd love to do that. Go over there, get some charter boats and go screw around there. So, all right. Stargate Pioneer. How much time do you spend uh, working affiliate deals? Is it uh, only a case-by-case basis, need basis, or do you actively approach companies on a regular basis? Wanting to know from fellow content producer angle. Okay. Um, as far as like the ads that like keeps and um, Skillshare and stuff like that, where you see me doing an ad for somebody else in the video, um, they approach me. Um, so uh, yeah, they approach me, and I mean, I it's worked out pretty well so far. I mean, they they're enjoying it. It's worked work. I mean, the fact that they're all repeating advertising um, it shows that it's working there for them, and and I think it's kind of a cool product too, like the Skillshare and all that. So, and then uh, you know the keeps too. Hey, get your hair back, you know, right? Um, so, and then uh, as far as like affiliate deals, like Precision Sales, Precision reached out to me, um, like Highfield reached out to me um there's been uh like rain man watermakers i reached out to them uh well it was kind of a uh, anyway but a little bit of both um a little bit of both so uh will you be uh motoring or sailing to the houston area corpus Christi anytime soon would love to see the boat and buy you a beer uh, that's thomas brown um no not right now man I'm, I'm gonna leave the boat here in the caribbean for this hurricane season down on the hard do another Hope, because I didn't. I'm not going to get to see much of the Caribbean this year because of COVID. So um, next year, would love to actually see the places of Caribbean I haven't seen. I mean, I've done the Caribbean several times, but I've never hit the more southern islands, the leeward islands, and all that, just because either times run out or got other opportunities. So we'll see how it goes. Um, so Chad just asked, uh, watching your first video now, how scared were you back then? You truly have blossomed into greatness. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, uh, I mean, I was a little nervous, I guess. Um, you know, kind of, it was a big step, you know, leaving all that behind and going. I mean, I, 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 uh, I had no idea how things would work out. Um, kind of my plan was is that, I mean, I figured I would run out of money at some point, which I did. Um, but thank you guys for patrons for being able to keep going. Because, I mean, I, my, my plan back then was to go until I ran out of money, sell the boat, and then I'd have enough money at that point to and experience on a boat to go get a job um, as crew on a boat. And, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was pretty nerve-wracking. I mean, I, you know, it was one of those things, like, you know, I would never have quit my job and sold everything I own and just gone sailing at the age of 38 or whatever it was. Um, uh, just because, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I had such a great job or so I thought, you know, it's kind of, one of those things. Every job I've ever quit or lost or whatever. I mean, you're always like, oh man, I, I can't quit this job. It's the best job I'll get. I mean, I'm making good money. I have a great schedule, uh, you know, whatever. It's like, I can't do this. I, this is, I'm never going to beat this job. And then you know what? You beat that job with something else, whether that's not having a job and going screwing around or doing whatever. I mean, or making an ends meet some other way. I mean, you know, don't be afraid to, 
you know, what, what's worse? I mean, you know, uh, taking the risk and failing or not taking the risk and not having happiness, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I mean, it is, it's easy for me to say because it's worked out. But when I did this, it was a huge risk. I mean, like I sold everything I own, cashed in all my savings to do it, and somehow I made it work. And so, I mean, whether that's whatever you want to do, I mean, you know, are you going to regret it? I mean, maybe, maybe not, but hopefully not. At least you gave it a shot. So give it a shot. Um, uh, Jeffrey Hill, I think he's got a few questions in here. Uh, just curious, did you and Taylor give any advice about her engine problems when she was there? I never really, I mean, I'm not an engine guy. Uh, oddly enough, now I'm on a motor yacht, but, uh, I, I never liked the sound of that motor she had. I was always a little, I was always a little afraid of that motor. Um, and she was too. Uh, and so, I mean, maybe somebody else who was more of a motor guy could tell you, but I mean, you know, it's all working out for her. She's, she's doing great. So I'm not too worried about her. She'll make it happen. And she's going to have a, I mean, she's spending quite a bit of money on, on getting it done, but, um, you know, at least, uh, she'll be confident in her boat next season and not have to worry about it. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Jeff asks again, um, sounds like in your previous video, the fuel nightmare that you need to have a real fuel tank, uh, for the generator cleaned out the real, okay. Cleaned out as a staff for years not being used. Have you had the clean fuel, fuel clean? Yeah, we I addressed that one already, Jeff. So yeah, we did that. Uh, when you decide to delay repair, Ray Randall asked, when you decide to delay repair, what factors do you take into consideration? Uh, well, I mean like, do I, how does it need to be done right now? I mean, can I get it done cheaper somewhere else? I mean, um, is it a safety concern? I mean, you know, like, um, for instance, okay, this, this boat has two water pumps. It has an AC pump and a DC pump. The DC pump went out, um, and it's kind of a specialty pump. Um, but I got two AC pumps that I can change. So like, I need to replace that DC pump, but I'll do it. I'll do it in the off season. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't want to sacrifice my cruising time right now to fix that or, you know, other stuff like, um, I don't know, it's just uh you know like like uh like the solar panels like okay i could have spent another month in port getting that done but then i'm just sitting there doing nothing with my finger shoved somewhere you know i mean it, it uh or or is it's going to be a little more difficult i'm using a little more fuel just getting out here doing now but at least i'm not wasting time like okay i can waste hurricane season because i'm not out here cruising but if i sat there in the marina it's basically is it worth it to do it now i mean because you're never going to be ready the boat will never be ready to go you just gotta you know say okay i'm, I'm gonna make it happen let's go so all right jeff asks again uh any idea what your next companions on the boat are going to be and i would assume covid would limit the options on which folks be able to crew um yeah, uh, so I've been talking to one girl right now. She actually reached out to me. She's a fairly successful TikToker. I'm not in TikTok. She's got like almost a million followers on TikTok. Uh, some of her videos on TikTok have like 22 million views. So she reached out to me. She's ha happened to be in St. Thomas. Uh, she was crewing on another boat, and she started kind of filming it on TikTok, and it went crazy, and, she, and uh, I don't – you know, it's just, it wasn't a great fit for her and they weren't too happy about it. And I'm like, well, and so she reached out to me and I'm like, well, yeah, come on, let's collaborate and do it. So she's, uh, there's that one. Um, it's possible Taylor might come back, uh, you know, meet me in St. Martin. Um, we'll see. She's with Delos now. I mean, we'll see how that goes with them, but, and then, um, talking to a few other people, we'll see how it goes. So, um, yeah, I mean, COVID, uh, like that's great. The, the girl that I'm talking about with TikTok, she's already vaccinated. Um, so it's great. That makes it a lot easier. Um, so we'll see. 
Um, all right, Jeff asks again, I think a lot of folks enjoyed in previous seasons when you arrived at a new location and ventured inland via car, et cetera, explored more of the area you are in. Will you be able to do that at all this season? Yeah, I mean, I plan on it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm ready to get out of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, I would, probably would be right now if I wasn't like uh, going to meet or going home. I'm going home uh, in like five days or six days to visit family for a week. And then I'll come back, get the boat ready to go, get my last COVID shot, and I'm off to St. Martin. So, um, but yeah, I'll be, I'm happy to do that. I think, I think, um, maybe that's the difference between, you know, my channel and a lot of other sailing channels is I think most of the other sailing channels just tend to film what's going on on the boat. I like to show what's going on off the boat more, more of a lifestyle thing. Like, and now that, that's always been the way of my show is that people are like, you don't show enough sailing. I'm like, well, sailing's inherently boring. I mean, you just sit there for five or six hours. Sometimes you make a sail change. Sometimes, you know, whatever, but you just sit there and do nothing. Whereas, like, you've never seen that island before. You've seen a million people sail. Let's just go out and explore that island. So, I hope you guys like it. I mean, it seems to be doing all right. So, um, all right. Jeff asks, Jeff Peterson, are you and Taylor officially a couple? You look great together. Uh, we addressed this earlier. Uh, no, she, she'll always, we'll always be very special to each other. So always, uh, Jeff asks again, now that you have some motor yacht life under your belt, what do you miss about sailing? Any notable cons, um, to motor, uh, yachting versus sailing? I, I do miss, um, the quietness of sailing. Um, you know, when you got perfect wind downwind, you know, you, know, you got like 12 knots of breeze, you're flying the spinnaker life is good. You're going downwind. I mean, that's just, there's nothing better than that. I mean, it's quiet. You're moving fast. It's awesome. Uh, so I do miss that. Uh, um, but you know, you gotta realize most sailing, I mean, most sailors will tell you, and if they, if they say anything different, either they're lying, exaggerating, or they are one of those hardcore sailors, like that just does not use the motor. I'd say most sailors probably use the motor at least 50% of the time, either motor sailing or just straight up motoring um because especially down there in the caribbean the wind's always out of the east right if i okay the wind was actually out of the north the other day but if i wanted to wait for wind to be able to like go east i'd be it happens like once a month for a day and a half so you have to wait a month and a half or a month for the proper wind to do it or you just motor straight into it i guess you could tack and beat into it the whole way but then you're going twice as far uh you know i mean it is what it is um i do I do miss the quietness of sailing, though. Uh, let's see here. Michael Palmer. Hang on a second. Michael Palmer, hi. I, hi, Bobby. I believe you are too young for better care. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, so how do you uh, secure health care insurance? Uh, the ACA? Thanks. No, I'm, I've got a, um, a friend of mine's a um, health care or insurance uh broker um and um I, I go through it's through img it's pretty cheap actually uh, actually i need to renew it i need to call them i think it's fires this month um but uh it's pretty cheap um it covers me it's for people that primarily live outside of the united states like it only covers me like six months or something in the u.s uh um and it's very high deductible and all that but it's pretty cheap i mean like i think i paid like six or seven hundred dollars for the year last year um, and, but it covers me outside the U S um, and, uh, inside the U S too, a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, you, the, the, uh, the travel insurance like that, the travel healthcare, um, I, I don't, I, I, I'll have to, um, uh, what's his name? Holloway, Holloway benefits concept. Oh, let me see. What's his name? Um, you can email him, uh, 
tell them I sent you. Uh, let's see here. Holloway. Ryan Holloway. There we go. He's with HollowayBenefitConcepts.com. So H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y BenefitConcepts.com. Um, and that's his insurance broker. He hooked it up with me. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of deals. If you're going to be, I mean, like, if you're going to be in the U.S. for 10 months a year or more, then that probably won't work. I mean, he does other stuff too. But like, uh, you know, uh, but if you're going to be outside, if you're going to be cruising and be gone outside the U.S. for a long period of time, it's great stuff. So, and it's cheap. Jeff Jones, come to St. Croix. Planning on it, maybe, um, on the way back from the rest of the Caribbean, on the way back to Puerto Rico, hit hit uh, St. Croix. So, maybe we'll do that. It's only 30 miles away from here, but, um, you know, it, uh, we'll do it. All right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, my other camera froze up. Let me see here. Hang on. Bear with me for just a moment. That would be this camera. Um, all right. And there we go. Okay, it's back. All right, sorry about that. Uh, it happens occasionally. Uh, it's really annoying when that happens, actually. Okay, uh, Jeff again. Uh, cheers, guys. Oh, oh, it froze up again. All right, I'm just going to have to use this camera. This one's working. The other one keeps freezing up, so there you go. Um, uh, Jeff, hi, Bobby. I'm sure everyone wants to know uh, how do you attract all these beautiful women to your crew on the boat all the time over the last six years? Do you have some hidden super attractant superpower? No. I mean, it's called a boat, maybe. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, it, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's harder than you think to find crew. Um, so, you know, so many people have, like, you know, a mortgage or a car payment or whatever. They got credit card bills and all that. It's hard to find people that can just up and go. I mean, so even even like, uh, you know, even if it's like all expenses paid, like if they come on the boat, whatever, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's hard to find people. Um, it really is. But, I mean, you got a boat, right? And that's just super attractive, I guess. Um all right, Jeff asks again, curious, Bobby, uh, I have noticed over the past few seasons since I have rewatched everything the last couple, the last year due to COVID that you seem to go back to the same islands. Yeah, places everywhere, place, places every season. Have you thought about venturing further afield um, as you'd like to see venturing around Mexico, Bahamas? Yeah, um, exploring new places with you and your crew. Yeah, uh, but unfortunately, I, I didn't want to do this here, but it's COVID. I mean, where else can I go? Um, you know, I would like to go, but the original plan with naughty dogs was to go to Mexico and then all that crap happened. So, um, you know, uh, I think, so we're going to St. Martin in two weeks. That'll be a new place. And then everywhere we go around there will be new and then back to Puerto Rico. And then next season, I'll just maybe at the BVI will be open. Hit the BVI just because it is pretty awesome. I know you've seen that again, but I'd like to hit that again. And then from the BVI, just go down island and hit all the stuff. And then you know, and then after that, then something new will happen. I don't know yet what, but new boat, new place, new wherever. We'll see. Um, uh, Mark Hagerdon, hey Hagedorn, Hagedorn. I don't know how you say that. Uh, do you have any plans to add or update the boat's electronics? Um, not really. I mean, I I did add it. I re- pulled out the old it had an old laser nav chart plotter and an old 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 uh, radar that I replaced. Um, but there's nothing else to really add. I mean, it's I added AIS. It's I added a new radio. 
I mean, there's nothing really, I feel like, I, I mean, I changed all the stereo stuff out. I think it's pretty set the way it is. I mean, I'm sure that I could, I, that'd be just spending money to spend money at that point. And it does what it need. All right. Titanium. Did you uh, find out concerning the differences with your engine, engine gauges? Yeah. Um, so he's referring to uh, my oil pressure gauge. It just, my port side engine just seemed really low on oil pressure, like 10 10 PSI lower than the other one. So like, you know, at idle. So these engines, they even say in the manual, you know, if you're going to be idling for an extended period of time, period of time, at least do 800 RPM um, because of oil pressure, because the oil pressure will drop too low. Like once the, everything's gets warmed up. Um, so I did notice that like uh, the port side gauge was like after, so say have been running for an hour to get there. So the oil's all warmed up and everything. And then as we're going to anchor, get in the marina, it's an idle, right? And so then it's like six, 700 RPM. Um, well, that oil pressure gauge on the port side was only reading like eight or nine PSI. And I was like, ooh, that's pretty low. Whereas the other one was reading 20, 25. Um, so I did go down and look. So that's the electronic gauge up here. I, it's got a mechanical gauge down on the engine and it was 10 PSI higher. So yeah, it I have... Figured that out. John D. Smith. Um, what knowledge and skill did you have for a motor yacht before you pulled away from the dock for the first time? And, uh, what things do you wish you knew before leaving the dock? Um, yeah. Uh, motor yacht, I mean, not, not much. <laughs> uh, it, it, this, this, the, the, the main docking this boat is easier, but the consequences for failure are higher. Um, you know, if you kind of screw up docking a sailboat, and eh, maybe you get a little rash on the boat from hitting something. On this boat, you screw up. I mean, there's all kinds of damage to either your boat and the dock. Um, it's because there's so much power. At idle, in idle, this boat will do six knots. So that's a lot of power. And if, like, the one time I screwed up on this thing and I actually touched a little rail behind it and put a little nick in my swim platform. Um, but thankfully it was all it was. I caught it in time before it got too bad. Is it, you know, I'm sitting there moving the throttles and like, and I, I left one of the throttles in reverse and I didn't realize it for about two seconds, but in two seconds you've accelerated to two or three knots and you're like, Oh crap. And I go back, but the momentum, you know, and then we just crunched a little of the swim platform. It's not bad. I mean, it's, it'll be, it's not, it's not, it's just a little gouge and um it'll be fixed but it hit like a ladder right not like a dock i mean if it hit, hit the concrete dock pillar or something i mean it could have been a lot worse but because that 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 ladder gave a little you know if it had hit that dock it, it wouldn't have given um uh but so there's that i mean uh because it has so much power but the thing is is that you can maneuver this boat so well so you got differential thrust i know that's an airplane turn um but like i can pivot this boat i can just pivot it like, you know, turn the right, turn left. So then it really helps you get the boat where you want it. And then I got a bow thruster too. And so I'm just using basically once you get to where you're, once you get into a mooring or anchorage or marina or whatever, you center the rudder, turn your um, uh, stabilizers to center. And thank you. I can't remember one of the patrons that actually mention that and make, make sure to go to center with it because you're if your threat if your stabilizers are trying to move when you're doing anyway um it just throws, throws you up but uh i mean and then then you're using you know if i want to go if i want to so i can hear my throttles if i want to turn to port i reverse the left throttle part throttle and then forward and then i just pivot right and then i if i want to come back and to starboard if i want to come back into starboard then i give the, the port side a little reverse and let it keep going and then if it 
if I want to keep that motion going, but I want to turn the nose back, then it hits a little bow thruster, the bow thruster back over to straighten up. And so it, it works really well. Um, it's really easy to do. But like I said, the, the, the consequences of failure are much higher. Um, so uh, there we go. Okay, last page. We're at 43 minutes. So this, this will be good. It'll be about the right timing here. And I, if I printed this off before you made your comment, then uh, we'll do one for next time. So Jeffrey Hill again. Hi, Bobby. Um, what is the status update on the solar panels you're wanting to fit um, on the dark side? Uh, like I said before, um, it was just a matter of getting the parts in time before leaving the dock, and it would have been a couple weeks. And I was like, no, I'm not going to wait. Or, I'm like, you know, he said, okay, it'd be a couple weeks. I'm like, okay, that means a month. No, I'm going to just go. So when it's on the hard in Puerto Rico, he'll do it then, and he'll have several months to do it. So we'll do that there. Okay. Hi, Bobby. Are you still editing your videos yourself, or do you outsource that now? I do a little bit of both. Um, I, I have started uh, – I do have an editor that helps, but, I mean, obviously I still have to – I mean, he helps. Uh, he, I mean, he does a lot. Of, well, he does a lot of it, but I still have to do the voiceover and clean it up and all that stuff. So it's kind of a collaboration, um, and it's just such a time saver. I mean, because I was spending 20 hours a week just editing a video, and then you got to film for 15, 20 hours a week, and then you got to take care of the boat, you know, which is 20 hours a week. I mean, so, and then all the other crap, you know. I mean, so it was really busy. So I think most, I mean, pretty much any YouTube channel that has more than 250,000 subscribers, not any, I'm just saying most, I mean, like I, I'm not going to, but most have an editor at that point. I mean, just cause it's one of those things. Okay. If you own a business, do you want to, what would be more productive for you? Uh, sitting there and counting, uh, you know, filling out all the paperwork and, and, uh, you know, the PTS reports and all that crap or going out and getting new business. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just that. I mean, it's if I got an editor that frees me up to create more content, be more creative, do more stuff, and there you go. I mean, so and I'd like to get once I get so right now we're maybe a month. So the videos that are coming out now were filmed about a month ago, um, and so once I get maybe two months ahead, then I'll start putting out videos a little more often. Um, it's just nice to have a little cushion. Okay, just you never know. I mean, it's happened like La Vagabond. They had a very big cushion for a long time, and then they took some time off when they had the kid and all that, and then they get back to the boat last March, and then COVID locks them down, and so they were really out of footage. So it's just one of those things. Ron Major, hey Rockstar, longtime viewer, new patron, thank you. Um, I actually uh, want to know more about your flying career. I fly uh, general with a friend, so I know how fun this guy is. Uh, tell us more about your flying career, how your flying career began, and unfortunately how it ended. Then how your boating life uh, began, how you decided to turn that into a YouTube career. Uh, thank you for everything you have given us uh, viewers. We live through you, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Ron. I appreciate it. Um, so I, uh, my father is a uh, corporate pilot. Um, so, you know, he was a pilot my whole life. He flew cargo and then corporate jets, private jets like Gulf Streams and, and Challengers and stuff. Um, and then uh, so I'm in college, don't really want to know what I'm going to do. I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to – uh-oh. Hang on a second. Oh, man. Uh, here we go. 
Okay. Well, now I know why it does it because I bumped this thing over here. I will make sure not to do that again. Sorry. Uh, now I have to edit this video. I don't know if you saw that freeze up or not, but anyway. Um, so uh, my father was a, uh, a corporate pilot, um, his whole career uh, at cargo as well. And so in college at some point I was like, all right, I mean, I let me, I'll be a pilot. So I went to college for it. I got a degree in aviation, um, aviation management um, from Tarleton State University um, in Central Texas, which eventually became Texas A&M at Central Texas. It changed like I was there at school. It was University of Central Texas and Tarleton. And then the next year it became um, uh, Texas A&M. Anyway, um, so I graduated technically um, spring of 2002, but that was because I got credits as an intern for the uh, for the fall of 2001. So basically, I was done with school and uh, by the summer of 2001, and then of course September 11th happened. Um, so like, uh, I was flight instructing at the time, um, uh, and. You know, when I was in school doing that, I mean, people were going straight out of college with like four or five hundred hours and they were getting a job on an airline, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, like America and Eagle and stuff like that. And then so I'm sitting there graduating and then all of a sudden there's no jobs. I'm like, ah, you know, what do I do? Um, so I kept flight instructing. Um, and then my father was at training at SimuFlight, which is like a private jet training thing where they have simulators and everything and classrooms and all that. And, um, I don't know. I think they had an internship type thing open up. And um, so basically uh, if a single pilot, like a pilot that, you know, doesn't have a co-pilot that's assigned you know, to them in their class, like there's an odd number of people in the class, right? Cause you need, you know, even number to have two pilots in each airplane. Um, then they use an intern, which would have been me. And basically I, uh, they put me through training on that airplane. It's pretty intense training, like two to three weeks. Um, and then, um, and then I'm in that airplane doing flight instructing in that airplane as a first officer for, you know, I was doing, I did it for about a, a six months or a year, closer to a year. And so like, I'm in that airplane five days a week doing emergencies, you know, like engine out, whatever, you know, fuel problems, hydraulic failures, gear problems, all the electrical problems. I'm doing that every day in the simulator, right? Because that's all I'm doing is just training for disasters and all that. And so I got really proficient at that airplane. And, um, uh, and you know, so I went, I was going through, uh, I w there was one guy from a charter company on the West Coast that um, was going through uh, training there. And like, you know, I'm like, I've done I've engine out a million times. So he's like, all right, do this. I'm like, I got it. I'm doing all the stuff. And I guess he liked me. And, uh, you know, at one point he's like, Hey man, do you need a job? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and so they get, I got a job as a first officer flying a Gulf stream. Um, you know, I had like 1800 hours at the time. And so going to the right seat of a Gulf stream with 1800 hours making, I think I made 50 grand, but that was in 2002. So, I mean, that was a lot of money for a kid when you're 23 years old and it was a really good job. And I did that. So that's how I got into corporate aviation. And then I did corporate aviation for the rest of my career. Uh, I made captain, oh man, 2006, something like that. See, people were asking about the clock. Now I put a battery in it. Now it does that. It just dings. Um, sorry, there's a weird noise going on outside. I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, and then so I uh, uh, flew for that charter company um, for, and then I made captain in like ah, 2006 maybe. 
and then uh, worked for a company. I was a captain for a year, and then uh, it was an oil company. Uh, and then uh, you know, you know, boom and bust with oil. They lost money, so the first thing you sell is the uh, is the airplane. So then I actually was doing contract work, just you know, yeah, like part time work basically. Uh, and I got a trip overseas, and I ran into a guy I used to know through through the training program, actually through SimiFlight, and he was uh, quitting a job on uh, Gulfstream in Africa, and uh, in Nigeria. And he's like, "I mean, I need a replacement. Do you want to do it?" And it was a ton of money. I mean, it was a lot of money, but I had to live in Africa. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And, I mean, and then so I worked for that company for like four years. I spent my thirtieth birthday in Nigeria middle of nowhere and it, I, I, it was good money and it was really good experience but it was really boring because like what do you do in Africa I mean I lived on a compound and it was like nobody else there it was, it was really boring um, and then I got a job in Dubai flying so that I, I we went to Dubai a lot from there and then so there was an airline in Dubai hiring I went to work it was fly Dubai I went to work for them for a year uh, I really felt they didn't live up to their end of the uh, bargain um, you know they said okay you're me making X amount of money and then here it is and blah, 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 you know, but they, but they, the way they base your salary as an airline pilot is like per hour flown. Right. And so they're like, okay, at 80 hours a, a month, you're going to be making $200,000 a year or whatever. And I was only flying like, you know, 40 or 50 hours a month. And I'm like, guys, you know, and they're like, yeah, but it's in your contract. I'm like, yeah, but when you hired me, you said, look how much, you know, you're going to be doing this. And like, yeah, well, you know, we were wrong. I'm like, well, then I was wrong to come here. Anyway, I quit um, because actually I got a job offer. So my dad was a corporate pilot for chief pilot for a company in, in uh, Fort Worth. And then uh, they, uh, uh, my, uh, they were hiring another pilot. So, you know, they, my, they knew my dad, they liked my dad. So they, they rib- he, he hired me and then a couple years later he retired and then so I became chief pilot there um, uh, and then work- I worked for them for I think over five years and then uh, and then of course I had my brain hemorrhage stroke uh, in 2015. I think it was 2015, and uh, then you know s- about six months later, uh, lost the job because I couldn't fly anymore. So, um, uh, and then I tried doing real estate for about six months, hated it, and then said, "Screw it, here we are." I bought a boat, sold everything. Oh man, stupid! I did it again. Uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I got to stop hitting that. All right. I'm going to stop hitting that. Now I'm going to have to edit this video a couple times, but anyway, um, so that's the whole thing there. Sorry. It was kind of long winded, but, um, all right. Uh, Kevin McKendry, how you doing, man? Um, met you a couple times there now. How many times a week does Laura contact you about making guest appearance? Uh, it, no, it doesn't happen. Um, anyway, uh, Jeffrey Hill. Bobby, my final question for you is that the biggest negative you feel about the dark side uh, motor motor sailing experience so far is what? Okay, what is the biggest negative other than the cost of fuel? Um, the noise when you're cruising. I think that's it. I mean, you don't get that awesome feeling of just having the sails up and just cruising. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's the main factor, really. Uh, other than that, I mean, motor yacht is way more comfortable. Um, way more comfortable. Um. So, and easier to do a lot of things. So, is that, okay. Oh, Jeff asked. Okay, I lied. One more question. Uh, why, if Taylor has to be out of the mainland U.S. by the 17th of April for six months, 
before she can re-enter the U.S. Why sh wouldn't she have stayed with you on uh, the dark side, as I'm sure you wouldn't have objected? Well, I'm still in the U.S. Um, for a few more months as her uh, with as she's a first-class mate. Uh, as I know, the viewing audience would have no problem watching Taylor as well. Um, well, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm still in the U.S. and I will be till the end of the month, so she would have had to leave anyway. Um, but we have talked about it. I mean, maybe she'll come, you know, I'll get the boat to St. Martin. Maybe she'll come uh, meet in St. Martin. Um, so, I mean, we don't, you know, we haven't solidified anything like that. I mean, she's sailing with Delos right now, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys, hope you enjoyed the Ask Me Anything. Uh, that's all the questions I have. I answered every single one of them. It's four full pages of questions. Um, and so if you would like your questions answered, you can become a patron, patreon.com slash sailingdoodles. I do one of these a month. This is the second one we've done now. And so, um, but I appreciate you guys. Please click like and subscribe. Check out Sailing Doodles on YouTube. we got Flying Doodles on YouTube. This is the Doodles podcast. It is separate from Sailing Doodles. So if you're, just, if you're a Sailing Doodles subscriber and you haven't subscribed to the Doodles podcast, go ahead and click that subscribe button right now and you'll get it there you go so all right guys we will see you on the next video uh oh it's not stopping recording my little pad quit working all right